We're doing something that we haven't done before, and if you haven't been around the last few weeks and you're wondering why there's a jumping castle in our foyer and other games and activities set up, we wanted to take a moment and uh, celebrate what the Lord has done over the past year. We do also have our AGM, so for those who are members, there's a couple of items that we'll be voting on at the conclusion of the service proper, and we'll let you know how we're going to do that. But for everybody else, we want to invite everybody in to a moment of celebrating God, celebrating His faithfulness, of giving honour to His name, of the things that He has done. And there's nothing like remembering and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, I believe, that sets us up with expectancy, that sets us up with an assurance that God will be with us. And God will go before us into a new season. So I'm going to share a little bit. It's not all me. And then the other pastors are going to share. We've got um, Naomi here as well, who we welcomed last week. But she's going to share a little bit about her past year. And then we've got some video testimonies, all in the name of really honoring the Lord. So even before we do anything else, let's pray. And then I'll give you an address, a scripture passage. And we'll go from there. So, Father, we just really commit this time to you. We thank you for a moment where we can intentionally celebrate you. And although each and every day and each and every moment, each and every breath we take is an opportunity of thankful worship for who you are, we just pray, Lord, that in the midst of reflecting, in the midst of looking back and also potentially then looking forward, Lord, you would be on it, that we would remember the God who is able the God who is faithful, the God who's proven himself to be trustworthy and a sure and steadfast rock. And I pray that there would be a sense for each of us personally of reflecting upon and remembering your faithfulness to us. What a God we worship. What a God you are. And we honor your great name, King Jesus. Amen. So let me just set us up in this way. Joshua chapter 4, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture, share a few thoughts, and then launch into some wonderful moments of just celebrating the Lord this morning. So verse 1, chapter 4, book of Joshua, it says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. And we're going to leave it there. We'll look at another passage in a moment. But here's the context of the story. The Lord had just brought about a miraculous outworking for His people. There they were, camped at the River Jordan. It was overflowing. And as he led them, the waters of the river were parted and the entire nation went through on dry ground. We would all admit that's a moment to celebrate, yes? That's a moment to remember the faithfulness of God, a God who had brought them through. And so here's what God commands. And you've got to imagine this picture. They just passed through. The priests are still there. They went first and remained in the river. And before they moved on anywhere, before they, they looked forward towards what God had, the Lord instructs them to look back just for a moment. He says, look back and find 12 men, one from each tribe, go into the midst of the river and find a stone. Carry the stone with you and take it to the place where you will camp. 
And I always think this is a fascinating picture. Fascinating for so many different reasons. But here's just a couple. Number one, the Lord instructs them to pick up stones. Now, why stones? You see, stones in that particular era, a bit like on my particular block, if you come and see where we live, they're not that uncommon. They're not that rare. They're not that special. In fact, there are stones everywhere. And yet God says, go and find some stones that are significant, not because of what they are in and of themselves, but because of where they've come from, because of what he has brought them through. And you see, this is a picture, I believe, of the God, a God who takes things that we believe sometimes to be insignificant, to be common, to be ordinary, to be not worth very much. And as he breathes his life on it, not because of any inert significance, but because of what he does with it, because of where he takes it from and where he takes it to, it becomes this picture of his glorious grace. This testimony of the faithfulness and the kindness and the power of a God who is with his people. So not only does he say, go and find some stones, but he invites everybody in. He says, find 12 people, a representative from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And that in itself is a wonderful picture too, because you know God doesn't say, Joshua, this is your moment here. Pronounce to the people that this is your victory. Stand up and proclaim how amazing you are. He says, no, no, make sure the people are aware that this is not just Joshua's victory. This is their victory. Invite them into the story of what God has done. Tell them to go and find stones. And in fact, the instructions he gives to the 12 people are go and find whatever stone you like. He does say make sure they're you know, substantial, make sure they're a decent size. But go and find your own stone. And so I imagine 12 blokes are heading down to the river and they're thinking, well, what are we looking for? And perhaps one of them's like, well, you know, we were just camped on the other side of that river before for some days we were thinking we were wondering i was wrestling thinking god i don't know how this is going to work i don't know how this is going to going to outplay and outwork and i don't know how you're going to to bring to bear the victory that you promised and yet here we are you've done it and so he picks up a stone that represents his doubts and his struggles and his fears and his uncertainties and to him that's significant maybe another guy was like i never doubted it for a second Anyone like that? I never doubt. I mean, it was, it was always going to happen this way. Not a thought of concern in my mind. So he picks up a stone. The, the picture is wonderful that each of these 12 people picks up a stone that represents something for them and takes it forward. And together they build this picture and this monument of God's faithfulness to us. You see, everybody has a story and everybody has a part to, bl- to play as God takes ordinary things, ordinary lives, things that we think are just sometimes details, and he breathes life upon them, and he turns what is ordinary into something extraordinary, a picture of his grace. So I want to ask us, and this is the point of doing this this morning, have you got your stones? Have you got some stones? What, what are you carrying with you? And very quickly, there's three reasons that God told them to bring stones with them. And if you look very quickly, number one in verse seven, 
simply says this, These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Now that word for memorial literally means a present reminder. So the very first thing is Jesus, God is saying to Joshua, make sure the people have with them a present reminder of God's faithfulness. A visible and tangible representation. And see, the, the, the thing is so often... I feel like this, I know all of us feel like this, you're stuck in the midst of a season and a circumstance and you think, well, God, what do I have? Why not ask for a show of hands? Who has ever felt like this? And I complain to my wife when I'm like that, God, what, what, what do I have? What, what, you know, where is God in the midst of this circumstance? But you know, there's not been one moment of my life when I actually stop and I look away from the circumstances and I look to a God who's faithful that I cannot find not just one thing, but innumerable things to be thankful for. And that's why it's so important for us to always have with us present reminders of what God has done. This is what He's done. This is what He's done. This is my present reminder of the faithfulness of God. When we're bombarded with so many other things in this life, we've got to hang on to that which is important. Have you got your stones? Number two, if you jump down to verse 21. I love this picture too. He says, Joshua says to the people in verse 21, says to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan on the dry ground. So number one, it is a present reminder. Number two is it's building a history and it's passing on a legacy. See, I think about this all the time with my kids. What is the most important legacy I can pass on to them? And I want to provide for them. I want to give them every good gift that a loving father does. But there's one thing more than anything else that I want to pass on to them. That's a legacy in God. It's a history with Him. A history of faithfulness, a history of a God who's brought them and brought us through, not just always good times. You see, these stones didn't just represent God miraculously parting the Jordan. They represented a story, 40 years of wandering in the desert because of their unbelief, 40 years of struggle and striving and difficulty and doubt and wrestling, and yet a God who was always faithful, and he had brought them through. And number three... Verse 24, here's another wonderful picture. So it's a present reminder, it's to build a legacy. In verse 24, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. See, stones are present reminders. Stones are our history with God, building a legacy. I want to carry as many as I can, not just for me so I can pass them on to my kids. And then finally, so that they can stand as a witness to the world of a God who is faithful, of all that he has done. So we're going to talk corporately this morning, but let me give you that encouragement. Have you got your stones? As this year draws to a close, take a moment. If you want to look forward with expectancy, take a moment. Regardless of what the last season has been like, regardless of the struggles, and grab a hold of that which God has done for you. In the midst of your circumstances, have you got your stones? 
So with that said, we're going to just celebrate a few stones, a few things that the Lord has done in us and through us this year as a people. And I remember very quickly, because I know I'm already taking up more time than I was allotted, even though I allotted the time, so that works out some somehow. You know, at the beginning of the year, there was this sense, I always ask the Lord for a word for us as a church for the year, and Acts 16 was the particular passage, and I, I look forward to the year where, you know, the Lord gives gives us a, a passage about great miracles and deliverance, and but it was a passage of Paul and Silas in prison, and I read that and thought, great. That's really setting us up well for the year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But what he spoke to me particularly was simply the phrase that this is the place of praise. You see, Paul and Silas made a determination in that moment that this is the place of praise. Not when God shows up, as he does and as he did, and sets us free. Not when this happens, not when I get married or not when I have kids or not when the kids have left home or not, not anything else. This is the place of praise. And I'm determined in the midst of my season now to make this a place of praise. And I really feel like for us as a church, it's been a season where we've tried intentionally to do that. We've postured ourselves before the Lord. We dropped back to one service, not because we felt like it was a good idea or a bad idea, but because God was saying, this is the season you're in, to come together, to intentionally press in and to seek me and to posture ourselves before the Lord. And I still believe with all my heart that we are posturing ourselves in a position where God has many, many, many wonderful things for us as his people. We've got lots to be thankful for this year. We've seen people saved. One of the testimonies will be up on the screen. We've seen people baptized. We've seen people healed. Great testimony just a week or so ago of someone whose back was just healed as a result of the meetings we had here. They haven't been able to garden in years and they did a whole day of gardening. Praise the Lord. And the back was fine. No more weeds. That's sort of one that you're like, Lord, can you heal me enough, but not quite enough to get out in the garden and weed, maybe, you know, it's too complete a healing. Sorry, Lord. And we've had, we've had people this year who have been through very difficult journeys, particularly in the area of mental illness, walking alongside them, caring and, and loving upon people who have been in need. So what we want to do now is simply to just give you a few snapshots of a, different, a few different areas in church life. The pastors are going to share, then Naomi, then we've got some video testimony. Sound good? We awake? We're ready? Who's up next? Catherine. Would you welcome Catherine? Good morning. It's actually rather hard to, in my allotted time, work out what to share with you because I've only got a, a small amount. But um, I have the real privilege of overseeing our women's ministry here at church. And uh, so I just really wanted to give thanks to the Lord for the depth and just a sense of robustness that I feel that the Lord has really been building in the relationships amongst us as women this year. Um, in fact, um, particularly in our evening meetings, our whole focus for the year has been sharing our God stories and sharing how we're building history with God and just testimony after testimony of the way that God is at work in our midst and just that opportunity, I guess, to be vulnerable with one another as women and to share what God has done in our life. Um, but I guess from that, the one thing that I wanted to talk about is how God takes something that looks ordinary and even just a 
good idea and brings about transformation in people's lives. Um, this year we started a women's book club um, as a means of just allowing women to get together. Um, sometimes we've liked the book, sometimes we haven't liked the book. The book probably isn't really the purpose, it's just a way of getting together. And I've just had a number of testimonies over the year of people who have joined the Women's Book Club but have never considered themselves to be great readers, um, actually quite anxious about being involved in a book club but just felt they would give it a go and have just really seen God come through, have actually become more confident in their reading, have read books that they never would have thought to pick up um, and actually have experienced freedom from even child childhood things around their ability to learn and read. Isn't God amazing that he would take something ordinary like a women's book club and bring transformation in somebody's life? Um, and then the other thing that I just wanted to share with you again, I oversee our uh, Sunday schools and uh, we have a, an amazing team of faithful people who serve in our Sunday schools who are passionate to um, pass on faith to the next generation. But one thing we did this year is we again had Martin and Ros in to again stir up within the kids' faith to pray for healing. Um, and you might remember that the kids came in at the end of that service and laid hands on people for prayer. And but there were many testimonies actually of people really being touched by the Lord. But the testimony that I wanted to bring from this is that the confidence built into our kids then in turn led to a circumstance only in the last couple of months where a member of our congregation approached two of the kids in our older Sunday school at the end of a service and said, would you lay hands on me and pray for me? I need healing in my life. And these two young people, they're both, you know, around the age of 10, said, yes, sure, I'd love to do it and stopped with this member of the congregation and just laid hands on her and prayed for her. And I just really love that what we're seeing in our kids is a growing faith to take God at his word and the confidence to be able to pray just at 10. They don't get a junior version of the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit in them who resides in us. Um, and that they had the confidence to do that. So they were just really two testimonies from within our church life that I just wanted to give all glory to God for. And just to let you know some of the things that in the midst of our family, from oldest to youngest, that God is at work. Just leave my Bible there. I won't preach a sermon. Well, uh, great to be able to share with you uh, this morning. Just, and I wanted to just um, share a little bit, bit about the areas that I have the privilege of overseeing here at church, so youth, young adults, and worship. And uh, first of all, though, just with, with youth, I just want to thank uh, the youth leaders. You guys are over here. Let's give them a round of applause. I'm, uh, I'm just grateful for them, for their willingness to give up their Friday nights and to really just sow life and invest into the young people of the church. And thank you for going over and above and the extra mile. And look forward to, to seeing you continue to step in all that God has for you. And uh, this year at Youth, we've kind of had a couple of main themes throughout the year. One was, you know, what is truly important? And that was the sense that I felt um, the Lord put on my heart, you know, to really just try and establish with the youth of the church, you know, what, what is truly important in our lives? What are the things that if we can build in our lives now are going to actually 
bear great fruit and yield a real harvest, uh, you know, in the, in the years and decades to come. And certainly our heart with the youth ministry here at Vision is that, yes, there'd be great fruit in the time that the youth are at youth group, but that will be lasting and long-term so that 10, 20, 50 years from now, they're still walking with the Lord, still in love with Jesus, still going from strength to strength. So please join us in, uh, in praying for the youth, the next generation. And uh, just a couple of things that I wanted to, to share, and there's so much that I could share about this year. Uh, earlier this year, back in May, we had a youth conference. It was the first youth conference that we've ever done here at, at Vision. And uh, it was something that the, we felt like the Lord was really stirring um, and he put on my heart to do. Um, basically just to, to sow life and hope and truth and who God is into the lives of the youth of not just this church, but, but the um, broader youth community in this city as well. So we, we opened it up to as many youth that wanted to come along from different youth groups around the city. And it felt like a lot of groundwork was being laid. A lot of foundations were being laid in terms of just making connections with some of the other churches and youth pastors around the city but there's been real blessing that has flowed from that relationally um, just in terms of being able to come alongside and encourage and spur on and stir up one another for all the, the youth leaders doing great work all around the city and it was just a great time we had a Friday night Saturday thing and uh, there was young people that responded to Jesus were saved there was young people that were equipped, I believe, who had a real encounter with the Lord over those couple of days. So um, that is something that I want to give thanks for and honor the Lord for what he was doing um, and something that, you know, I feel that we want to continue in the years to come. And um, it, we call it Light and Life Conference. And the idea that, you know, when Jesus, where Jesus is, there is light and there is life. And we all need that, of course, but I think particularly the younger generation, like, you know, in, in a world full of darkness and all sorts of things, I want there to be light shining in that place and life coming into the life that we have in Christ. So that's, that was the heart of the conference. And so watch this space for future iterations of that. And, and then just quickly a testimony that I'll just share. Um, we, we love to just leave space for God to move, for God to meet with the youth whether that's in worship or in ministry time or in cell times or small groups. And just a, about a month ago on a Friday night, we had worship and we had some ministry just praying for some of the young people after worship. And we're there praying and then all of a sudden there's this like raucous laughter coming from one side of the room. And there was a bunch of the young guys in the youth who just came under the power of the Holy Spirit, which was just amazing to see. And they were rolling around on the floor laughing. The Lord was just bringing his touch, his presence upon them. And, uh, you know, we asked them to share. I, I said, look, what, what was God doing? What was happening? And they were just testifying. Look, we just felt like this, this weightiness, this the presence of God is so heavy, so thick, and just this sense of joy. And I just feel so happy. And the Lord was, you know, removing and getting rid of all this bad stuff that I've done. That was what one of the guys said. And. Um, they both had testified that there was just a, a greater awareness for them of God's presence in their kind of day-to-day -day lives since that moment. So that's really encouraging because we, we desire to see people, young people encountering the Lord, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So would you uh, keep praying for the youth of the church?
just quickly about young adults. My wife, Steph, and I, we host a young adults group. Dave and Laura host another young adults group in the church. And it's just a real blessing to be able to um, have, have that home group and do life with the young adults community. And uh, th- th- there's a passage in Hebrews 10 where it says, you know, let's not give up meeting together, but let us continue to, to meet together to spur on one another, to stir up one another into love and good works. Uh, and even more, as you see the day approaching. And, and that's kind of that sense of just gathering together to open up the word, to worship, to pray for one another, to do life with one another and to spur one another on. And so um, young adults, you know, that's been a real blessing this year as well. And then just finally worship. I just want to honor and and just express my gratitude for the incredible team members. Uh, Can we just give thanks as a church? Because, you know, we do worship each week and but you know there's a fair bit that goes into it from the midweek practices and just preparing before the Lord you know to to be able to lead all of us as a church in worship and I'm just so thankful for the incredibly faithful people who serve week in week out you know there's no no sense of ego or performance or anything like that it's just just faithful wonderful people who just have a heart for the Lord a heart to worship him and a heart to lead us as a church into his presence. So I'm just, I'm just grateful for the team. And, you know, there's been some great moments, I think, in our worship times this year. Some, some, we've been investing in the teams as well. And there's always been that focus for us of going deeper, I guess, from a spiritual perspective, going more in our walks with God, going deeper in our worship. But this year we've intentionally tried to focus more on the, I guess, the practical aspects of worship, to grow in the, the giftings that God has given us. And so as we continue to marry those two things together, the heart and hand, if you like, um, I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us in our worship. And I just, um, as sort of Andrew was sharing earlier, and I'll bring it to a close, that um, I just have such a sense of expectancy and hope for the future about what God is doing, yes, but what he's wanting to do and release in our midst. So I'm excited about that. And uh, there's so much to be thankful for. So at this point, I'd love to just invite up Naomi. Um, Would you welcome her this morning? Naomi's one of the missionaries that that we support, and Andrew and I caught up with her for lunch this week, which is fantastic just to hear what God has been doing. So she's just going to give a bit of a testimony (laughs) about what God's been doing this last season. Morning, everybody. Thanks for thanks for having us. Thanks for letting us share a little bit. Um, like Adam said, my name's Naomi. I'm one of the. I'm a missionary in um, Townsville, up north in Queensland. Um, we, I work with an organisation called Yway Medical Ships, and um, it's just just a little info for you. It's we we operate a medical ship um, into Papua New Guinea. And um, we deliver free medical services to the rural and remote regions of, um, of the southern half of Papua New Guinea. So there's a, a lot going on up there. Um, we've been doing that for almost 10 years now. Um, so that's been growing slowly, slowly. Um, me, myself, I've been in Townsville for eight years, um, volunteering with them. So, um, and my husband um, was unfortunately unable to join us for this little trip down here, but he sends his regards. Um, 
So this last 12 months for us has looked a little bit different, um, <laughs> much um, due to this little one here. Her name is Ella, and I just wanted to introduce you all because she's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, she's five months old now, so she was born in June, um, and so I haven't been able to go to Papua New Guinea like I um, like I was previously, but so it's just a different season for us as a family in, in missions, but that's okay. Um, God lets different seasons happen, um, and she's absolutely a joy and a gift to us, and we're so, so grateful for her and our family. Um, she's a dream come true for both of us. My husband is Fijian, and he, um, he ha has you know, dreams of a big family and family is just so important for him and, and, and in their culture. So he's a, she is a dream come true and bringing lots and lots of joy to everybody she meets. Um, and she's got lots to say for herself as well, <laughs> as you have probably heard. Um, a, a few other little ministry um, highlights from this last 12 months, I guess, um, would be um, our, sh our ship has been in Papua New Guinea. Um, it's up there for 10 months of every year. And so this, so far this year in 2018, we've had uh, 10 outreaches that are two and a half weeks long um, and over 700 short-term volunteers that have come and joined us from all over the world and all different walks of life and different, different faiths, different professions. Um, and it's just been a real, um, it's, it just goes to show of the, you know, God is doing so much, I guess, in each one of their stories to bring them to, to Papua New Guinea and to, to invest in Papua New Guinea and also um, in, in the fact that our ship is still able to do what it does every, every two and a half weeks. And, you know, there's always little engine troubles and, um, you know, the dishwasher stops working and all this sort of stuff. So we're constantly um, believing and trusting God for, for um, you know, the each ongoing outreach and it's amazing every outreach has has an amazing story of God appointing our teams in a in a particular village at a particular time to meet a particular person and it's just um, unreal to watch it all unfold um, another another highlight I guess would be from the last couple of months we've just been able to do our 1000th eye surgery on our ship um, so that's quite a milestone um, and considering that you know, most of our supplies are donated and most of our, our surgeons are volunteers and ophthalmology is not an easy field. It's very specific, but we've been able to bring joy and restore sight to 1,000 people now. Um, and just the, the light in their eyes and the joy and the, the life that it brings back to some of these people, it's just phenomenal. So God is good for allowing that, all that to happen, hey? And then... Um, Probably just last month, actually, there was um, our managing director, Ken Mulligan. He was nominated and awarded a um, very prestigious award called the Order of the British Empire. Um, I didn't actually know anything about this, but you can Google it if you'd like. But it's a very prestigious award given by the royal family. And um, he received that um, on behalf of YWAM Medical Ships and, and was recognised for all that um, YWAM has been doing in Papua New Guinea there. So that was really wonderful and quite a, um, just a, a testimony to God's goodness and his faithfulness over the years um, to how um, our ministry has been going and bringing life and hope um, back to Papua New Guinea. So I guess that's just a few little snippets from what's been going on. Um, up there in Townsville and in PNG. Um, 
we're just so I'm so grateful to be able to um, be a part of be a part of this church, and it's just so lovely being back again. Um, you know, it's Inia and I very much love um, having extended family down here in towns uh, down here in Canberra. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're just so grateful for you guys. Thank you for your prayers and your financial support to us. Um, yeah, it's it's really really wonderful, and it's just it's also really refreshing to be able to come back and see some faces and connect with people and be a part of a Sunday service again and a celebration service at that. So thank you so much. Um, we look forward to seeing you next time we're down, and. Um, watching this one grow as as you do but yeah thank you so much for letting me share thank you wonderful well it's great isn't it just to celebrate what the lord has done and so we're just going to complete conclude this particular part of our service this morning i can't think of anything better to do than to stand and to just sing a song of praise to the Lord. So can we do that at this particular moment? I'll pray. We'll sing a worship song together as the worship team comes, and then I'll explain about uh, what we're going to do next. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that you've not only proven yourself to be faithful, but we can look forward with expectancy, with joy to all that you have for us. As we look back, we look forward with excitement. But we want to take a moment to celebrate all that you've done. We want to take a moment to celebrate who you are and to exalt the name of Jesus. So let's do that together.
of instructions we're going to move now straight into our AGM so before we do that I'll give you a few minutes and if you have kids in Sunday school you do need to go and collect your kids the AGM is just for members although if you're not a member you're very welcome to stay in here and just uh, participate as a witness have a couple of things as members to vote on so we'll need the members to be sitting in these two middle sections here but everybody please hang around because the celebrations are just getting started jumping castles we've got a barbecue we've got a whole afternoon of fun activities to really just celebrate as a family together so parents go and get your kids come back in for the AGM which will kick off in about five minutes if you remember we need you in these two middle sections if you would like we do have supervision for the jumping castle and for the activities so the kids are welcome to go and get started out there the young ones if you would like them to do that so let's move. Five minutes. We'll get started. Members in the middle. Get your kids from Sunday school and we'll get cracking. <laughs> 